This is the Meet Me at the Spot podcast, where we meet at the intersections of sexual health and the world around us. Each week, we will discuss sexual health current events, politics, social justice issues, and more. Get excited because it is time to start the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Meet Me at the Spot. I'm your host, Holly, and holy shit, what a week it's been. I just want to say, like, I would really not be mad if we could just have one week without any, like, shenanigans happening. Like, just one week would be great. But that is not this week, so let's go ahead and dive in. North Dakota has passed a near-total abortion ban with limited exceptions. Iowa Senate has passed a bill loosening child labor laws. North Carolina Republicans have proposed banning drag shows and leveling felony charges. The Supreme Court extended the stay on Mifepristone, the abortion pill, keeping access safe for now. Tucker Carlson was fired from Fox News. Biden announced his reelection, and states are still working to restrict the rights of LGBTQ plus people. With Biden announcing his reelection and the sites on 2024 elections, comes a moment for us to collectively work towards advocating for action on the local, state, and federal levels. It is not okay for people to feel unsafe traveling to certain areas of this country simply for fucking existing. People shouldn't have to worry about access to care just for simply existing. It's exhausting and it's infuriating. And we need to start working smarter and more cohesively to advocate for the things we deserve, which is basic human rights. This week, we are going to continue on our discussion from the last several weeks around topics you probably didn't learn about in sex ed. As I've mentioned before, I know some folks may have learned some of these topics, and I recognize that a lot of people have not and now do not have anywhere to go for accurate information. This week, we're going to bridge mental health and sex because they are very much related. I'd like to take time this week to focus on anxiety and how it impacts sex and also how folks can overcome anxieties that may impact sex. I have been sharing a ton of information about how to make sex more pleasurable and more fun and how to be safe, which all of that is obviously really important. I think something we don't talk about when we advocate for sex positivity and pleasure-focused conversations is that there are people who experience anxiety around sex, which impacts their ability to have fun sex. I'm really thankful to an amazing listener and someone who's been supporting my social media content for a while now for sending me an article related to this topic, which I will include in the show notes. 
it made me realize how we don't discuss this and how really important it is to normalize that this can happen. And also this can be something we overcome. There are a lot of reasons why people may have anxieties around sex, which include things like body image concerns, performance concerns, past traumas, ability to orgasm, ability to make your partner orgasm, living up to unrealistic expectations around sex, and also lots of things that have nothing to do with sex but can impact like work stress, relationship problems, worried about current events happening, and so much more. So much of what we learn about sex is from movies, TV, porn, the internet, and as we know, it's not all realistic, especially when we talk about abstinence-only sex education in schools, and in those areas, this leads people to look elsewhere for sex education, as I've mentioned in previous episodes. Often when we think we aren't having this like earth-shattering, toe-curling sex, that something is wrong with us. I want to be very clear that when I say sex should be pleasurable and fun, that's not to give some set vision of what sex should look and sound like. What I'm meaning by that is that whatever that means for you and your partner is correct. There doesn't need to be any fancy poses or positions in order to feel pleasure and have fun. Of course, if that is something you and your partner are into, have at it but it's not the only way. I mentioned in previous episodes about recognizing what feels good for you and communicating that with a partner and also recognizing when something isn't fun for you and to express that as well. There is no one size fits all for pleasurable sex. Having anxiety around sex can have a lot of impacts. So stress can lead to narrowing of blood vessels, which can present itself as a penis not being able to get or stay erect. Stress can also impact lubrication for people who have a vagina or vulva. Having anxiety leads your mental state to another place, which in turn can make arousal difficult or staying aroused difficult. And this becomes a cycle, right? So you become anxious around sexual performance, which can lead to more anxieties moving on. And this may all lead to avoiding sex altogether. Now, all this sounds overwhelming and may even be getting some of you a little anxious as you're listening to this. So let's collectively take a deep breath. There are ways to alleviate sex anxiety. First and foremost, if you have concerns about sex anxiety, it is really important to talk to a doctor or other medical provider. I say this because it is important to rule out any physical concerns that can lead to sexual dysfunction, which can then lead to sex anxiety. Another tip is to consider engaging in other ways of intimacy besides penetrative sex. So penetrative sex is often the focus of a lot of anxieties around sex. Will I be able to orgasm? Will I be able to make my partner orgasm? Is my penis adequate enough in size? Does my vagina have a good smell? Is this sex going to hurt? Etc, etc. 
Having communication around sex is key. And I've mentioned this on almost every episode, I'm pretty sure. Communicate other ways to be intimate. Communicate what feels good. Communicate what doesn't feel good. So if someone's penis isn't erect, that doesn't mean necessarily that they aren't enjoying what's happening. And it's important to communicate that with a partner. Saying something like, I love the way you're kissing me. It feels so good. This alleviates some anxiety because a lot of times people have this expectation that if I'm doing something that is good and pleasurable, then a penis having partner, their penis will be erect. A vagina having partner, their uh, vagina will be wet or lubricated. And sometimes it just doesn't happen and it doesn't mean it doesn't feel good. Um, So we want to communicate those things to our partners. And recognize that these conversations don't need to happen just in the bedroom. But it can happen, and I really think it should happen outside of the bedroom. There's a lot of vulnerability happening when we're in the bedroom and or wherever we're having sex. And this may be a difficult time to say or even hear honest communication. It's important to also explore feelings of shame. So whether it's body image, the number of partners you've had, your STI history, talking about this can relieve some of the anxiety. Also, be a partner that is open to hearing about your partner and their shame and insecurities and work to create a healthy environment for sharing. Also, foreplay is key. So build up those good feelings outside of sex and just take time to enjoy one another and what feels good outside of sex. And as a reminder, foreplay can be the whole main event. So foreplay activities, there doesn't need to be penetrative sex or any other type of of sex. If somebody has lingering anxieties, uh, they may need to consult with a therapist and may even need medication to handle the anxiety. So people with a variety of anxiety disorders, that anxiety may bleed into anxiety around sex, and that's totally normal. Medication isn't for everyone. I totally understand that. Um, But medication can help a lot of people uh, if that's something that uh, a medical professional helps them with. Anxiety around sex is pretty common, and there are ways to overcome these anxieties to lead to a more pleasurable sex life for you and your partner. As I mentioned with every episode, I will include links to resources for you to learn more in my show notes and on my link tree. The word of the week is advocacy. Advocacy is defined as the act or process of supporting a cause or proposal. A lot of the advocacy I assume many of you participate in because you listen to this podcast and follow me on social media and the type of advocacy that I've mentioned on this show is social justice advocacy. So social justice advocacy has been defined as organized efforts aimed at influencing public attitudes, policy, and laws to create a more socially just society guided by the vision of human rights that may include awareness of socioeconomic inequities, protection of social rights, 
as well as racial identity, experiences of oppression, and spirituality. There is no one way to advocate for change. One of the biggest lessons that I had to learn when I started really getting involved in social justice advocacy and activism work is that I am only one person. I am someone who cares very deeply about a lot of issues, and it's because I know that so many of them are interconnected. I can't, as one person, change the world by myself. There are so many people doing social justice advocacy work in so many ways that I can only do what I can do. It's really important to find out what styles work best for you because advocacy to me shouldn't be like, ugh, I have to do this advocacy work. It really should be something that energizes you and refuels you to advocate th for things that you are passionate about. So for me, for example, I hate making phone calls. So calling local officials and calling people at all is not the way that I choose to advocate for issues. However, I'm someone who really likes to go to protests and rallies and marches. So that is one way that I choose to show up for social justice issues. And I know that's not comfortable or feasible for everybody. So find what works best and then do that thing. And know that rest is a part of advocacy. You can't pour from an empty cup. I know for me, I always feel guilty resting, but I have to remember and I tap into the fact that other people are doing the work and I will be back once I am recharged and refueled and I'll be back better than ever. As we wrap up this week, I want to remind folks to utilize the anonymous question box. This can help me see the topics you all are interested in hearing about. Also, if you're interested in being a guest on my podcast, there is a guest form link as well. I would love to have you as a guest and hear about your passions and interests in reproductive health topics, but also other topics as well that can be related to reproductive health, which is pretty much every topic. So if you want to talk about something, we'll find a way to relate it to this podcast. All resources from today's episode are in the show notes. I have also set up a buy me a coffee link for anyone interested in showing support for the show. Don't hesitate to reach out to me as I would love to hear from you. You can always email me at meetmeatthespotpodcast at gmail.com or message me on Instagram. Until next week, bye! Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you're following me on Instagram, Meet Me at the Spot Podcast. Do you love the show and want to support the podcast? Well, check out the show notes for all the ways to support the work I do. All links related to today's episode can also be found in the show notes. Help others find this podcast by following me and leaving a review. And also spread the word on social media. See you next week when we meet at the spot.